Janayanam namaskritya naram chivanarottaman devim sarasvatim vyasam chatojaya mudirayat Om namo bhagavate vasudevaya 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 Is that uh, camera, is it centered? It looks up on the screen, looks like it's off to the side. Centered? Yeah. Okay. Reading from Shima Bhagavatam, Canto 6, Chapter 9, Chapter entitled The Appearance of the Demon, Ritrasura, text number 46. 46 onwards. Shri Shuka Vacha, Shri Sukhi Vacha, Ataivam Ito Rajan, Sadaram Tri Dashair Hari, Swamupastanam Akanya, Swamupastanam Akanya, Prahatan Abhinandita, Ataivam Edito Rajan, Ataivam Edito Rajan, Sadaram Tree the Shire Hari, Sadaram Tree the Shire Akanya, Swamupastana Akanya, Rahatan Abinandita, Rahatan Abinandita, Ataivam Edito Rajan. Sadaram Tri the Shire Hari, Sadaram Tri the Shire Hari, Swamu Pastanam Akanya, Swamu Pastanam Akanya, Rahatan Abinandita, Rahatan Abinandita, Shushuka Ubacha, Shushuka Ubacha. Shri Shukadeva Goswami said, Atta, thereafter, Evam, in this way, Edita, being worshipped and offered obeisances, Rajan, Oki, Saadaram, with proper respect. Tri Dashai, by all the demigods, from the higher planetary systems. Hari, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Swam Upastanam, their prayer glorifying Him. Akarnya, hearing. Praha, Replied, Tan, unto them, the demigods. Abhinandita, being pleased. Translation of Purple Books, Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami, Srikalpa. Sri Sugadev Goswami continued, O King Pariksit, when the demigods offered the Lord their sincere prayers in this way, the Lord listened. By his causeless mercy, 
being pleased, he then replied to the demigods. Text 47. Shri Bhagavan Vacha. Shri Bhagavan Vacha. Krito Hamba Sura Shreshta Madhu Pastana Vidyaya Amaishwarya Smriti Pumsam Bhaktis Chayeva Yayamai. The Supreme Personality of Godhead said, O beloved demigods, you, are, you have offered your prayers to me with great knowledge, and I am certainly most pleased with you. A person is liberated by such knowledge, and thus he remembers my exalted position, which is above the conditions of material life. Such a devotee is fully purified by offering prayers in full knowledge. This is the source of devotional service to me. Another name of the Supreme Personality of Godhead is Uttama Shloka, which means that he has offered prayers with selected verses. Bhakti means Shravanam Kirtanam Vishnu, chanting and hearing about Lord Vishnu. Impersonalists cannot be purified, for they do not offer personal prayers to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Even though they sometimes offer prayers, the prayers are not directed toward the Supreme Person. Impersonalists sometimes show their incomplete knowledge by addressing the Lord as being nameless. They always offer prayers indirectly, saying, You are this, you are that. But they do not know to whom they are praying. A devotee, however, always offers personal prayers. A devotee says, Govinda Mahdi Purusham Tamaham Bajami. Offer my respectful obeisances unto Govinda, unto Krishna. This is the way to offer prayers. If one continues to offer such personal prayers to the Supreme Personality of Godhead, he is eligible to become a pure devotee and return home back to Godhead. Omagyan Timurandasya Gyananjana Shalakaya Chakshun Militam Jena Tasmai Shri Gurave Shri Chaitanya Manovishtam Stapitam Yena Bhutale Swayam Rupa Kadamayam Dadati Swapatantikam Vanchakalpatarubhyascha Kripa Sindhubi Evacha Petitanam Bhavanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namonamaha Jaya Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nichananda Shri Advaita Gadata Shivasadi Gaura Bhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, 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 Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. So, uh, there's a nice chapter of the Bhagavatam, The Appearance of the Demon Vritrasura. So here, here we're hearing about pure devotional service. Uh, the Bhagavatam uh, speaks about pure devotional service. Amala Bhakti, or Uttama Bhakti, or Kevala Bhakti, or Shuddha Bhakti. Now this means pure devotional service. There are many Shastras, now there are many scriptures. And actually, the Vyasadeva, he was given the task to compile the Vedas. So he compiled all the Vedas, uh, which means... Uh, what we call the Smriti and the Shruti, you know, which means there was 108 uh, Upanishads, which he, uh, no talking, I can't concentrate when people are talking, is that okay? okay. 
So 108 Upanishads, uh, which are the philosophical part of the, the Vedas. And then there are the Itihasas and the Puranas, which are part of the Smriti. Uh, so that part of the Vedas means there are, one, uh, there are 18 Puranas, uh, major Puranas. There are 18 minor Puranas. Uh, there's Mahabharata, there's Ramayana, right? Uh, there's Ayurveda, there is Dhanurveda. Uh, there's, all, there's a lot of Vedic uh, uh, scripture, uh, Karmakanda. Yanakanda, Upasanakanda, right, all these different. So he compiled everything. So that's a lot of work. And who was helping him? Ganesh. Ganesh has how many arms? Four arms, right? Because he was writing. And when he got tired, then swap over. <laughs> so he could just write and write and write. And Vyasadeva could speak. And he was just writing everything, scribe. He was the scribe. So he wrote all of the Vedic literatures. So it's a lot of work. You know, days and days and days, maybe weeks, maybe months, maybe years, you know, of writing and writing. And then, at the end of the whole thing, uh, Vyasadeva felt dissatisfied, which is significant. Imagine you do all of this work for the benefit of humanity. Right? How do we feel satisfied in life? Right. You feel satisfied when you're serving others. Right? And that's the problem with the modern world. Everyone's trying to serve themselves and they've all got mental health problems. Right? You see there's like a mental health pandemic all over the world. That's basically because people are too into themselves. Oh, this happened to me when I was 7, and this happened to me when I was 18, and this happened to me when I was 23. That's true. All those things are significant. We don't uh, discredit those things or diminish those things. But how are you going to overcome them if you just concentrate on yourself, right? Oh, this happened to me and that happened to me and I can't do this because this happened to me and all that. Everyone's very self-indulgent in Kali Yuga. And that's why everyone has mental health problems. Now, Vyasadeva is teaching us, don't, don't worry about yourself so much, right? You'll forget about your problems or your problems will become diminished or they'll become in perspective when you serve others, right? Other people are suffering right now. Right? Krishna consciousness is spreading more than ever right now. Why? Because people are suffering. Right? When people are suffering, it's a good time to spread Krishna consciousness. And the world's just going to get more and more uh, intense in the next decade. Uh, mark my words. <laughs> it's not me saying it. This is what everyone's predicting. It's going to become more intense. Right? Things aren't going to become easier and more uh, uh, livable. The world is going to become more difficult. So what does this mean for us? It means a good time to spread Krishna consciousness. This is the perfect time. Now because people will listen at the moment. Just like on the weekend we had uh, our Sunday feast. Once a month we have a Sunday feast at the farm. So we had about 25 guests uh, that came. And most of them were Western people. And they're very sincere, asking very good questions. I don't, I don't lecture at the farm on Sunday. I don't give a lecture. I just say, any questions or comments? And I speak for 10 minutes or something. And I say, what do they want to know? And they're asking very sincere questions. Why? Because they're suffering. Right? So when people are suffering, they're much more, uh, they have much more impetus to inquire about the philosophy and to learn about the philosophy. So that means it's a very good time. So Vyasa is teaching us that this is the way to spread Krishna consciousness. This is the way to become Krishna conscious. You worry about elevating other personalities 
And then your problems become minuscule, or they become in perspective. We all have problems. You know, we all had things that happened to us when we were seven, and, you know, I had something that happened to me the day before I was born. You know, all these things are kept in our subtle body. You know, like you have some scars, means, you know, when you go through traumas in life, it gets kept in your subtle body. Right? And that's why later on in life, you know, you have this problem, you have that problem. So, you know, the day before I was born, even before I came out of the womb, there was a problem. So I've got that in my subtle body uh, to deal with. Uh, so what do I do? Do I spend my whole life saying, well, you know, now I have to deal with that day before I was born? Uh, you know, like, no, I just go out and try to spread Krishna consciousness to others. And then, okay, the day before I was born, something happened. Okay, that happened. It comes into perspective. You understand the point? So Vyasadeva is teaching us become more uh, concerned about the conditioned souls and their suffering. This is called paradukkha, dukkhi. Uh, we're more worried about what other people are going through than what we are going through. Right? Prabhupada was like that. You know, Srila Prabhupada was on his uh, deathbed you know, in 1977, near the very end. And he heard that Brahman Andhaprabhu was sick. Uh, and Prabhupada's laying there. Prabhupada's emaciated. Like Prabhupada was in a very fragile condition, materially speaking. And then he said, he woke up, Good Prabhupada was resting a lot. You know, his body was very weak. Prabhupada woke up and someone was leading Kita. Prabhupada said, okay, who? Who? And they said, no, Brahmananda, not Prabhupada. Brahmananda was leading Kirtan for Prabhupada. Prabhupada said, Brahmananda, are you okay? I heard you were sick. This is Prabhupada. <laughs> Prabhupada's like, you know, his body's completely weak. Uh, Prabhupada said, I, I heard you were sick. Because uh, Prabhupada caught some, uh, some cold or something. Uh, this is Prabhupada. Uh, always thinking about the suffering of the conditioned souls. Not worrying so much about himself. This is the way an elevated devotee thinks. Uh, so Vyasadeva is thinking like that. The conditioned souls, they are suffering. Let me write up all the Vedas. Right? But then, after he does it all, he feels despondent. He feels like, I don't feel satisfied. I don't feel complete. Something is wrong. Right? So what is that? Right? So then, Narada comes. This is all in Canto 1. Uh, chapter uh, 4, 5, and 6 of Canto 1. Describes this pastime of how Bhagavatam manifests. So he comes and he says, why do you feel despondent? Yeah? The face is the index of the mind. When we look at your face, we know what's going on in your mind. Ah. Mm. I can only see half your face, so I'm only half sure what's going on. <laughs> but, uh, I can see your eyes. The eyes are the gateway to the soul. Uh, so I can see. You're happy, you're blissful, you just return from brunch. Very peaceful. Yes. I can detect that. So uh, he looks at his face and he, he thinks, uh, no, he is not happy, he's not satisfied. He said, Why is that? That's what the guru does. Uh, the guru looks at your face and says, uh, or the advanced devotee, they look at your face. They say, Well, you're not feeling satisfied. Why is that? Could it be? And then they give you the reason uh, because they're, they're very elevated in consciousness. Could it be that you did not exclusively 
glorify the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Uttama Shloka. Did you not exclusively? Uh, it means that when he wrote the Bhagavatam, because he wrote the Bhagavatam, the Bhagavatam is one of the 18 Puranas, the Bhagavad Purana. He wrote it the first time, but it wasn't complete. It wasn't an Amala Purana. In other words, uh, pure devotional service was not exclusively spoken of. Uh, in other words, the Bhagavatam, the first time he wrote it, it was still tinged by the modes of nature, as the other Puranas are said to be. Right? Six in goodness, six in passion, six in rajas. But Bhagavatam is not in those modes. Right? It is completely spotless. Uh, so he says, could it be you do not exclusively? So then now he has to write it again. Uh, so then, pure devotional service is the only thing that will satisfy the soul. You have to do devotional service to Krishna, but without any motivation. You don't want anything except to serve Krishna, to make him happy. That is pure devotional service. Sometimes, you know, many of us, if you look at yourself honestly, uh, then you'll see that it's not just to satisfy Guru and Krishna and Vaishnavas. You know, it's not always like that. Sometimes there's some other uh, motivation. Uh, there's so many anatas in the heart, so many other reasons that motivate us to do the, the service. But Bhakti Vinotako says, of all the anatas, because the Bhakti Lata beach, the Bhakti Lata grows. So as the devotional creeper grows, uh, it explains, Chaitanya Charitamrita analyzes this very nicely. Other weeds, they grow along with the creeper. And sometimes you think the weeds are the creeper. And sometimes we think that as conditioned souls. So all these weeds, they grow. But which weed is the strongest, the hardest to pull out, and which looks the most like the creeper, which one? Bhakti Motaku says. False ego. Uh, that's not one of the specific analogies, but yeah, you can say like the false ego, but yeah, something specific within the false ego. Pratishta. Yeah, yeah, it is called Pratishta. Uh, Pratishta. Uh, all the weeds are there, so many weeds are there. Big problem. In the garden, there's a big problem. Right? If you're growing anything, you know there's a lot of weeds that compete. But this weed is very challenging, called pratishta. What is pratishta? Yeah, it means the desire for recognition. Oh, did someone see me do it? I did the service, but did someone see me do the service? Does everyone know I did the service? Uh, and everyone thinks, oh, he, oh, he is doing the service, and he does it so nicely. He is very special, more special than the others, actually. You know, you can be offering arti to the deities, but then while you're offering the arti, you should be meditating on Krishna. Is Krishna satisfied? Am I serving Krishna through this arati? Arti is the whole uh, meditation when you offer arti, actually. But you might be thinking, oh, I'm offering it. You know, my little finger is out, which is very special, very important. And then everyone notices that I am doing the art and how nicely I make the circles and do the waves and all these things. You know, sometimes we think like that. You're doing the art, but you're thinking like this. Or everyone must be thinking. Well, he does it very nicely. Right, that is pratishta. Yeah, you want recognition for your service. You want everyone to recognize you. Oh, this devotee is special. He did it. All of us need encouragement in devotional service. What's the main thing we need in our 
devotional service in our life, right, from our superiors. We need recognition. We need acknowledgement. Right? If you work for a company, right, many of you have worked you know, in, the, in the world or you're working in the world, what's the main thing you want from your boss or your superiors? Right? When they survey people, it's not the money. The money is there, and that motivates people strongly, but it's not the main thing. Because you can get good money, but if you don't get recognition or acknowledgement, or if someone is saying you did a good job, some praise, right, from your superiors, you don't feel satisfied. That's what people want more than anything else. And that, that's what creates a good cause. So it's natural. We want that. But we can't become attached to it. Because sometimes it's there and sometimes it's not there. Right? Sometimes we get it, but sometimes we don't get it. <laughs> it doesn't come all the time. And Krishna will test us, actually. Right? Sometimes Krishna will give it to us. But then other times, he will hold it back. Or sometimes, I don't know if it's ever happened to you, you put your hand up over there, did Krishna embarrass you in front of the whole devotional community? Has he ever done that to you? Anyone? Yeah? A couple of devotees the same? Okay. Sometimes it happens. Or maybe not the whole community, but you know, enough. <laughs> yeah. Everyone who knows you, or, you know, it happens sometimes. Right? Suddenly everyone's looking at you thinking, you know, why did you do that? Why are you acting like that? Well, you know, we get criticized. We don't like that. We, don't. we have to be... Yeah. Just go a little bit more on the side. Sorry. Yeah, back should not be the... Just Sorry. A, that's okay. Just a little bit more. That's good. That's good, yeah. Yeah, Prabhupada used to... Um, if you see the video uh, where Prabhupada is sitting there, if you see the video and Prabhupada gives class, and Prabhupada is sitting there, everyone sits like this sideways, like this while he's giving class. Because Prabhupada said, when you're sitting, he said, don't put your back to Krishna. Right? So don't put your back to Krishna and put your back to Prabhupada. That's why we offer obeisances this way. You, know, you don't want your feet going there or there. That's upper rod. That's why we, we do like that. And also, just be conscientious. Just twist a little. Thank you, Prabhu. Yeah. It's just that we're so used to seeing yeah. everyone else do it. Yeah. Getting to the habit. Yeah. Korma Prabhu used to pick everyone up on this because he was there when Prabhupada did it. So he used to always say to the devotees, don't do it. But now, you know, things get lost over time. We have to keep the parampara connected. Uh, There's a duty of all of us uh, to hold the parampara. Because Prabhupada, he, he himself did it. He said, everyone like this, like that. You see in the class, everyone's like looking at Prabhupada like this. It's important. That's why we have the class here. Uh, so devotees can, you know, it's easy. You can see Prabhupada visit. So, uh, sometimes this happens. You know, Krishna takes away all of your uh, reputation even. That's a test for Krishna. Because sometimes uh, we like to be recognized. But Krishna says, oh, will you, do, will you still serve me when everyone is looking down on you? Or will you still serve me when I embarrass you or I take away your, your pride? Will you still serve me? This is important to understand. Because sometimes we'll do the service, but only when everyone recognizes us, and only when everyone says nice things about us. You know, as, as long as everyone is glorifying us. When we're getting glorified and recognized, we say, okay, I will do the service. But when everyone says, oh, wait a minute, there's some problems there, then maybe we become despondent. That's not pure devotional service. So it should not be based on pratishta. No? 
Pratishtha is very hard to give up, the desire for recognition in devotional service. We all have it. Right? It's, all, it's in all of our hearts. Right? It's in my heart. I see sometimes. You know, someone recognizes me. And I think, oh, that's nice. And I like that. And we do. It's natural to like that, but don't become attached to it. Don't let it motivate you. And don't let it be the main driving force in your bhakti. You know, don't serve Krishna only when you're getting recognized. That has to be. The good thing about ISKCON is that you usually get criticized quite a lot anyway. Is it? Is that true? Yeah, I think it's true. We usually get criticized. You don't have to worry so much in ISKCON. Usually once a while everyone says, oh, you're a nonsense. So, <laughs> so it doesn't matter. Everyone humbles you anyway. Uh, that's why we have to associate with the Vaishnava, Sadhu Sangha. You see, some devotees, they go away from the devotees. Why? Because when you're with the devotees, it's actually somewhat intense. You know, when you're with the devotees, it purifies you. Your ego gets purified. And sometimes we don't like that, so we keep away from the devotees. Which, mm, it may not be so good. It might be better being with the devotees. You know, getting purified in the fire of devotional service. Getting your ego smashed. Right? And what's the best way to smash someone's ego? Uh, the best way to smash someone's ego is to ignore them. That's even worse. My guru did that to me one day. He came to Melbourne. I hadn't seen him for six months or 12 months. He came. And I think he was there for a week. For about five days, he did not talk to me. Just completely ignored me. <laughs> Just to bring my ego down. You know, first two days, I'm serving him. I'm thinking, oh, it's all going well. I'm the best servant. You know, I serve him. No one serves him as well as me. And then after the next five days, did not speak to me. And then just brought my ego down. Right? And then as he left, uh, then one time when he left, he, he grabbed me by the arm and he said, don't feel bad if I get on your case. He said, don't feel bad. Because he's purifying. Uh, that's what the guru does. That's what the advanced devotees do. They purify us. Uh, so that is the system. Uh, so uh, we should not let pratishta govern our devotional service or uh, wrap up our devotional service, or strangle our devotional service, uh, because it has to be removed. So many material desires, they have to be removed over time. One time I was chanting at Radhakut, at uh, the Bhajan Kutir of Raghunath Das Goswami. It's one of my favorite places to chant. Have you been there? Yeah, very powerful place. Yeah. I chant my japa there a lot. You know, if I'm near Radhakut, very, so powerful. Manasapavangat. Uh, it's a very powerful place. So I'm chanting my chapter there. And I'm the only one there. So I'm chanting and Raghunath Daskaswar in front of his father and trying to pray for his mercy and chant my chapter nicely. And then, and then one, uh, it's like Bengali widow. You know, they wear white. You know, many of them live at Radhakund. So she came and then she offered obeisances to the Bhajan Kutu Krishna Chakravati Thakur and then she went to Raghunath Daskaswar. And then she saw the picture of uh, Raghunath Das. There was a pastime there where he was chanting and then two tigers came. And he was chanting so deeply he didn't notice there were tigers next to him drinking from Radhakun. This is back 500 years ago, 400 years ago. It's not like that now Radhakun. You don't see tigers. But back then, the tigers. So he's chanting and tigers are there and Snatha Goswami is on the other side of Radhakun. And he looked across and he was concerned. You know, imagine one of the devotees is chanting, you know, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, and there's a tiger right here, right? <laughs> you know, drinking the water. 
right? And Snake Goswami, he looked. And then he looked behind Raghunath Das, Krishna is standing there. Krishna is watching, protecting Raghunath. Krishna is standing there. And he looks at Snake Goswami and he smiles and it disappears. And the tiger goes away. And then uh, Snake Goswami comes around and he says to Raghunath Das, he says, build yourself a kutia, a, a hut. You know, you've got tigers coming, you might get eaten, you know, and you're making Krishna serve you. Don't take service from Krishna. Right? And he said, okay, I will build a kutia, I will build something. But he was so absorbed in his chanting, he didn't do it. He just kept chanting, chanting. <laughs> right? Okay, devotees get absorbed, so. Okay. So then, sometime later, he was chanting and it was hot. It's very hot in Vrindavan. Like now, if you go to Vrindavan now, uh, 40 degrees. How hot was it there when you were there? It was getting hot there. Yeah, getting like up. It gets really hot. So like, you know, it's, the other day is like 40 plus. So he's chanting and he's so absorbed that sun is burning him and he's perspiring. But he doesn't even know him. He's just chanting, chanting, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. So Radharani comes. And Radharani puts her veil over him to protect him from the sun. But then now she is perspiring because she has to stand there. And then Snatka Swami looks and she smiles and then disappears. And then he runs around the kund and he says, you nonsense. He said, now Radharani is serving you. Don't do this. Build yourself a kutia. Don't make Radharani, don't give her difficulty. And then he said, oh, if Radharani is serving me, then I will build the kutia. He stopped everything, built the kutia. Okay, not accept service in Radharani. So I'm chanting there at Radha Kund, and this picture is there. And if you look in the kutia, they have this picture of these two pastimes, very powerful pastimes. So this Bengali Mataji, she comes, and she looks into the kutia, and as soon as she sees the pictures, tears just come down her face. Because she has bhava, or maybe prema. She's on a very high level of bhakti, much higher than me. Right? So as soon as you see Krishna, and she turns around, I'm the only one there. She looks at me, and she, you know, with tears coming down her face, she says, just look. She's speaking Bengali. I don't, under, I don't understand what she's saying. But she's telling me, she said, just look. Just look at the mercy that Radha and Krishna are giving to Raghunathas. Right? And that's so much moving her. She's crying. Right? But there was no pratishta. She wasn't doing it to impress me. It was completely full of bhav. It was completely natural. Right? That is Krishna consciousness. Right? But when we do it, you know, sometimes we're chanting, we could go, I am the best chanter. Nobody chants like me. Everyone must be saying that I chant so nicely. You know, we get, get all sorts of crazy things going in mind. You know, if we actually uh, write a Trump who was giving class one time, he said, you know, everyone chants Japa in the morning, all the men. He said, we put a big screen up above Prabhupada and connect everyone's brains to it. You know, what actually goes through our minds while we're chanting? It'd be like some comedy show or something. You know, if we're all looking up there and say, my God, is that what you think? <laughs> while you're chanting? You know, we think all sorts of things. Uh, the mind goes all over the place. Uh, so, the point is, is that Vyasadeva wrote all the Vedas, but then he had to do it again. 
uh, to just bring pure devotional service to the forefront. That's what the Bhagavatam is teaching us. So we have to learn to give up all these uh, other motivations in devotional service. Right? Our devotional service is motivated by so many other things. Sometimes material uh, enjoyment. Uh, just like I heard that in certain places in India, some of our temples, uh, people join just because the standard of living is better than living outside. Yeah, join the Brahmacharya Ashram. <laughs> it's true. It happens. Right? It's not really true here in this uh, ashram. So much. That, that's not really the motivation. We have to, now, we, we have to worry about other things. You know, maybe too much opulence, too much sense gratification. Uh, Malva Mahaprasad Mandir. <laughs> Hands up and been hungry since you got here. I've been devoted for over 30 years. I've never hungry once. Except if I make myself hungry. But otherwise, you know. Like, you know, this Saturday is near jump. I can't issue. Yeah, so I'm not going to eat or drink water for the, you know, the whole day. You know, once a year, it's not such a big deal. You know, so I'll, I'll be hungry by the end of the day. But, you know, <laughs> it doesn't exist in this You know, hunger does not exist, at least in this temple. You know, devotees, never, we don't know what hunger means. We just complain if we don't get enough avocado on toast. <laughs> that is our tapasya. Yeah. How can we go through so much, so much austerity? We're doing so much seva for Krishna. I can't even get some avocado on my toast. I just have to have just butter. This is my tapasya. They should put that on Iskand News. You know, devotee, the brahmacharis here in Melbourne doing so much tapasya they don't even get an avocado on the toast. <laughs> An intense suffering, actually. Intense tapasya. But this is what we, in Kali Yuga, that's actually our problem. Uh, so, the point is, is devotional service should be pure. Amala, uh, Shuddha, Kevala, Uttama Bhakti. This is what the, the Bhagavatam is speaking about, this pure type of devotional service. So here... Uh, the demigods, they're praying to the Lord. And now the Lord, uh, he, this is him, himself speaking. This is the beautiful thing about the Bhagavatam. God himself is speaking. Chaitanya Charitamrita is even more wonderful, in a sense. Because in Chaitanya Charitamrita, Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami says, I'll tell you what goes on in, in his mind. What he thinks. It's incredible. He says... Krishna was thinking. And then he writes what Krishna was thinking. This is amazing. We're going inside God's mind. Right? Here we're hearing his direct words. He, this is Krishna himself. The demigods are praying to him. And now how does he respond? So he says, O beloved demigods. A very beautiful way to speak. O beloved demigods. Full of preeti. Uh, full of uh, love. Uh, for the Devitas. This out, you know, like Sachinandan Swami. He always says, when you hear him lecture, my dear devotees, such a beautiful way to speak. This is how Krishna speaks. My dear devotees. Uh, the, way, the way he speaks, the very mm, captivating way of speaking. That's the way Krishna speaks. My dear devotees. So he says here, my beloved demigods, 
You have offered your prayers to me with great knowledge. So what is being emphasized here is we have to cultivate knowledge. Right? How do you fall in love with someone? Right? In this world, everyone's uh, absorbed in calm. Calm means material lust. It means, you know, it's not, it's not prima, it's not love. But how do you fall in, in love with someone in this world? You know, particularly between men and women, like when they fall in You have to know about the person. Right? The more you know about the person, the more you become attracted to them. You know, if a boy is interested in a girl or a girl is interested in a boy, they always want to know. You know, they're asking, oh, what do they do? What are they like? And the more you know about them, the more you become captivated by the person. And then once you're captivated, you get married. And after 10 years of marriage, you wish that you'd never... Well, but that's a different story. But uh, what I'm saying is that you understand what I'm saying. Rupa Goswami says, I want my mind to be attracted to Krishna... Just like the mind of a young boy is attracted to a young girl, or a young girl is like we all know what it means. Right? We've experienced this in the material. We become you become obsessed with the person. We should become obsessed with Krishna. That's why it says here we have to cultivate knowledge. The Lord is saying. That's why Prabhupada said you have to study the Bhakti Shastri, Bhakti Vaibhav, Bhakti Vedanta, and the Bhakti Sarvabhoma courses. Right? And we're fortunate in Melbourne. We have one of the best. Uh, educational systems in the entire of ISKCON. Right? There are 650 temples around the world in ISKCON. How many of them have Bhakti Shastri courses? No, I think it's less than 10%. Less than 60. How many have Bhakti by Bhav courses? I think it's only less than 3%, something like that. How many have Bhakti Vedanta Bhakti Sabha Less than 1%, I think. Right? It's very rare. It's a very good situation. Right? What, why is it like that? Because devotees should study. Why do we study? So we know Krishna. You should know everything about Krishna. Someone says to you, okay, I'll, I'll, we'll see now. What color are Krishna's eyes? Everyone should know. What color are Krishna's eyes? Hmm? No, the middle part's black. Yeah, just like in your eyes, the middle part's black. Right? The pupil, but the iris, like the part around the color part. We all have a coloured part. Like, what colour is that? Brown. Hmm? Brown. Yeah, like a dark brown. Yeah, like dark brown. Very beautiful. Yeah, very dark brown. And then, Shimati Radharani. What colour are her eyes? Blue. Yeah, dark blue. Dark blue. Very beautiful. If you see, if you go to India, uh, and especially, it seems to me, the Gujarati people. Uh, sometimes you see the women, very beautiful sometimes. Some very beautiful girls, Gujarati women. But then, see, uh, 90% at least of the Indian people have brown eyes. You look at Indian people, nearly always brown eyes. Occasionally you get like a green or a blue in the girls. And it's, it's so beautiful. Right? It's captivating. Right? So Radharani is like that. Right, dark blue. Right? Most beautiful girl with them dark blue eyes are captivating. So we should know all these things. About, about we should know the details. What are the shape of Krishna's eyes? Almond. What's that? Almond. Yeah, almond, yep. Yeah. Or we could say in the Shastra, how does it say? What's that? 
Very good, lotus petal. What does a lotus petal look like? Huh? Yeah, I mean, they're here. You've got lotus petals here. <laughs> Krishna's eyes are like that, like very beautiful, really beautiful shape. And what color, you know, the white part of the eyes? What, what color the white part of Krishna's eyes? Pinkish. Why are they pinkish? It's always uh, uh, Because everyone in the spiritual world, their eyes are moist all of the time. When you love someone, when you haven't seen someone for a long time, and you see them again, your eyes become moist. Right? In the spiritual world, it's like that all the time with everyone. Right? Because everyone has so much love for each other. They're just always moist. So when your eyes are moist or that you see your the white part becomes pinkish. So Krishna's is pinkish all the time because it, he has so much love. So many devotees serving him with love that he just feels so grateful that he's just pinkish eyes all the time. Uh, that is Krishna. So dark brown, beautiful long, and then the pinkish uh, on that. Uh, this is Krishna. We should know all these things. Right? There's so many details and details and details about Radha and Krishna. Uh, so we should understand this. Then this knowledge, uh, it increases your love for the person. Nama, Rupa, Guna, Lila, Dham. Now, we should know all these, the details of all these things. Where does Krishna live? What does he do? What is he doing right now? If it's, now it's about 8.30, so if it's 8.30 in the spiritual world, what's Krishna doing right now in the Ashtakaliya Lila? He's just about to go out into the uh, forest. In about five minutes, he goes out to herd the cows. So he just finishes breakfast. He's just finished breakfast in Nandagram. Good breakfast. Uh, you would not believe the breakfast. <laughs> if I told you what's on the bread, you would not believe it. How many courses? Hundreds. Yeah. If you like, hands up. You like prasad. Oh God. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> if you like prasad, go to the spiritual world. It's a different level. You know, breakfast, and you don't have to worry about putting on weight. You don't have to worry about falling asleep after breakfast. You just have as much as you want and you're full of energy again. Yeah? I want to go there just for this one reason. No, I can take too much for us. Uh, then I will be happy uh, for the rest of eternity. Uh, so they take Prasad and then just after Prasadam, he's about to take the, the cows out, but the, the Gobis, they organize a very mm, quick rendezvous with Radha Rangas. Uh, sometimes at Brindakun, which is one of the three yoga pits uh, of Radha and Krishna's pastimes. So right now, they're probably just getting ready to leave. They've either just been to Brindakun, then he's come back to Nandagram, and he's just leaving to take the cows out. We need to know all of these details about Krishna. Because Prabhupada says here, uh, we need to have mm, Bhakti means Shravana, Kirtana, Vishnu, Smarana. Right? How do you get Smarana? By hearing and chanting about Krishna. That's the goal. Always remember Krishna. Never forget Krishna. How can you remember him if you don't know anything about him? How can you remember someone if you don't know anything about them? No, you have to know everything about Krishna. No? There should be so much Krishna in there that whenever someone like touches, it just Krishna comes out. 
That should be the, the consciousness of all the devotees. So here it is saying, Krishna is saying to the demigods, you have knowledge of me. This is very good. All of us should have knowledge of Krishna. We should become learned. Prabhupada said, uh, this title, Bhakti Vedanta, that was Prabhupada's title. AC, Bhakti Vedanta. He said that should be the title of all of my disciples and followers. We should all, that should be the family title. Which means we should get that uh, uh, level of study. I mean, studying the whole Bhagavatam very carefully. So we'll stop here. We'll see if there's any questions or comments. Generally, we should just be compassionate to everyone as much as we can. But if you find out that one of the devotees is sick or they have some problem, then you should say, "You know, can I can I serve? Can I help you? Can I do something for you?" Okay, is that okay? Yeah, just try to serve the devotee. If you find out someone is uh, not feeling well, then you should do something to help the devotees. Krishna appreciates this. Krishna appreciates this. It's very Melbourne community, actually, it's one of the best communities on the planet in ISKCON. It's one of the best communities because the devotees look after each other so nicely. Right? It's not, it's very, very well developed. Burujan Prabhu, is just about to come this weekend. He's doing a, a nice retreat with Jagatari Mandi. He, he said to me one time, he said, uh, Chalpati and Melbourne, he said they're the two best uh, devotional communities I've seen. Uh, in terms of the quality of the devotees. And it's very special actually here in Melbourne. Any other questions? Good question. You were saying about like, the traumas and the stuff that we were concurring for different things that we have in, but this is just going to service. And, but to be aware that at some point, like, this needs to be addressed and that they might interfering in our devotional life in the way. Like, what would be the best way to, to also address that? To what to understand we have Pratishtha or Yeah with the trauma with the, with, with the trauma and oh, with the trauma. I'll do with the traumas. Yeah I mean these days in Kali Yuga nearly everyone is damaged. Nearly almost everyone. So, you know, if I actually told you what happened in my life before I became a devotee, you would be shocked by the traumas I've been through. Right? Uh, and same for everyone. Like, if I ask everyone here what you've been through, everyone will tell me, oh, wow, you've been through that, you've been through so many different things. So, it does affect us, it does have traumas. So, sometimes we have to see people who are professionals in their fields, like psychologists, psychiatrists, counselors, etc. Sometimes we have to address those things. Or you can just talk to devotees. If you have a good devotee friend, you can speak to them and they can also help. So sometimes uh, dealing with the... Mm. Chanting the holy name is enough to purify everything. 
But the problem is, many of us are not on the level that we can chant to the degree that it will purify you. So we may need some help. We may need to see some counsellors or something to, to help Okay, so I, I know devotees are doing that now. Uh, that's some very good friends of mine. So if you know if you need to do that, that's that's okay. They keep chanting. Uh, don't stop chanting because the chanting is the main thing. Prabhupada said, chant and be happy. Is it okay? Yeah. Do both. What do you need to do? But don't get too don't become too self-indulgent. Sometimes people, oh, this happened. Yeah, it happened to all of us. It happened to all of us. Right? So many, everyone went through things. Right? Focus on Krishna. That's what you do. Okay. And deal with those things, but focus on Krishna. Don't get too caught up in it. It's, a, it's actually a trick of mind to get too caught up in it. Address it, but don't get overly. Is it okay? Okay. Please come again. Any other questions? Yeah. Two, two questions. Yes. As psychologists speak of the ego yeah. and the false ego, yeah. uh, isn't it the false ego that needs to be smashed? Yeah. And isn't it healthy to have a sincere, strong ego, like Bill Keshava mm. and uh, I'm Tim, and mm. the false ego is the one that needs to be smashed when we start? Can you comment on that? Yeah, it, you're right, the false ego is the one that needs to be smashed. Tim and Keshva are also false. Because that's not our swarup. When we go back to the spiritual world, you won't look like this. No, but Keshva is a spiritual name. It's a spiritual name, but this, this form you're seeing here is temporary. What I actually look like in the spiritual world is different to this. One time Prabhupada said, if you saw me, he said to Brahmananda Prabhu, he said, if you saw me, you would faint. What Prabhupada actually looks like in Krishna's pastimes in the spiritual world. Uh, so even this has to be given up. This is good because we're using this in Krishna's service, but we're using this in Krishna's service and eventually it will be burnt away and you'll come, come with your original swarupa, your original form. So yeah, whatever you've got, use it in Krishna's service. Whatever you're good at, do that for Krishna, and gradually that will become purified as well. Good question. Uh, the second question is I, I made a mistake of putting my back to the devotees. When the Prabhu's chant in the morning, mm-hmm. a lot of them walk around mm-hmm. chanting, mm-hmm. so they've got their backs to the deities. Is that incorrect as well? Walk around chanting? Well, they walk around in the circles, but then they've got their backs. Yeah, but the doors are shut. So it's okay. But the deities are still alive. Yeah, if the doors are shut, you can even sit with your back to them because the doors are shut. There's no offense. But if the door is open, right? It's like if you're, if you're sitting at someone's front door at their house and you're sitting there waiting for them and you've got your back to the door, there's no offense. But if they open the door and you don't turn around, that's offense. Yeah, so it's the same with Krishna. Thank you. Good question. This mention of offering personal praise. Does it mean that I should be aware of the personality of the Lord and offer praise, or does it also mean personalized praise, like issues that I have and I pray? Does that mean both or? Mean offering prayers, what type of prayers? Yeah. As opposed to like reciting prayers that have been written in the Shastra and repeating that. 
or then offering some personal things. Yeah, so, the purpose about offering personal praise. Yeah. So, what exactly is Prabhupada referring to? Like, acknowledging the Lord as a person and offering to the Lord, calling him Govinda and offering that prayers. What does it include? Personal life, like I have going through some issues and I pray to the Lord. Is that both? Yeah, I mean, it's all encompassing. It means all of it. The whole thing. Like sometimes I come through uh, before the deities and you know, we offer standard prayers. Why do we offer standard prayers? Like things written by Rupa Goswami or Raghunath Das or you know, the prayers that we memorize and recite because the reason we're offering those prayers, we're trying to understand the bhava or the emotion which they have in those prayers when they wrote them and we're trying to offer those prayers in that mood. We don't have it yet but we're trying to establish it or develop it. Like when we offer obeisances to Mahaprabhu, quite often we say, Namo Mahavadanyaya. But we just say it like a parrot, like repetitively. But when you actually meditate on the mood in that prayer, it's very deep. That's what we should. You know, tears should actually begin coming from the eyes when we recite these prayers. So then we offer those prayers, but then we also come before the deities and sometimes we pray for something specific for ourselves. You know, we say, you know, please help me. And then sometimes we may even have like a dialogue with the deities. You know, we say to Krishna, I'm going through this right now, this problem. But then when you speak like that to Krishna, you have to say, you can't say, Krishna, remove this problem or like that. You have to say, Krishna, if you like, maybe you can help me with this. Uh, because he might say, no, I want you to keep going through this. So then, so don't, don't, don't petition Krishna for something maybe he, he wants to do to you. When I was a kid, I used to go to Sunday school. Right? And I, I remember, even now, they, they taught me this like 40 years ago or more. But I remember it even now. They said, whenever you pray to God, there will be three answers. Yes, no, or wait. Right? And even now, when I come to the deities, I always remember that. You know, if I say something, you know, Krishna, I'm going through this hard time, please help me. Krishna might give you three answers. Yes, I'll help you. No, I want you to keep going through it because it will purify you. Or wait, you know, another 50 years in the world. <laughs> so it's up to Krishna. Don't, don't try to force him. It doesn't work like that. Yeah, he knows better than us. Is that okay? Any other questions? Okay, show a profile key.